there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley stand in a field in southern England. They're calm, prepared to face the clamoring reporters lined up in front of them. When they speak, it's with debonair English charm. While they may not be used to all the attention, they're certainly not strangers to controversy. In fact, these two gentlemen are attempting to single-handedly disprove the alien origin of crop circles and show the world that these mysterious phenomena that have inspired a cult following are actually one of the greatest pranks ever pulled. In life, there's so much we don't know. But in this podcast, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every week, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries. I'm your host, Richard. And I'm your host, Molly. This is our second episode on crop circles. In this episode, we'll be exploring theories that claim to understand the origins of crop circles, including pranksters, artists, and even time travelers. If you like the show, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast directory. A new episode comes out every Thursday. While you're there, we'd greatly appreciate a five-star review. It seems simple, but it really helps. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast, on Twitter at Parcast Network, and at Parcast.com. Crop circles exist in a peculiar space within our culture. In our last episode, we explored some of the more famous crop circles in history and the mystery that surrounds them. We ended on the eerie yet all-too-true fact that not once in history has someone or something been caught in the act of secretly creating one of these overnight phenomena. Even so, at the end of the 20th century, the world was introduced to a pair of gentlemen who claimed to be responsible for every crop circle in southern England. These two men rocked the very communities that believe in these phenomena, who had spent years devising their own theories on their origins. Despite all evidence to the contrary, these groups have pressed on in pursuit of what they consider to be the real truth. The year is 1991. Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley, with the help of Today newspaper, admit to the world 
that for the past 13 years they'd been the creators of most, if not all, known crop circles in the south of England. The article, entitled Men Who Conned the World, prompted immediate backlash from crop circle believers, from amateur researchers to the most hardcore of enthusiasts. They demanded proof of the gentleman's claims. Doug Bauer was an English artist who lived in Australia for a time during the 1960s. While there, he read an article about a UFO sighting and the circular indent the UFO had left in the grass. This might sound familiar. We covered this incident in last week's episode. Bauer read about one of the first reported instances of crop circles, then referred to as flying saucer nests. Years later, Bauer moved back to the English countryside and reconnected with an old friend, Dave Chorley. Chorley was also an artist, and the two began a Friday night ritual of having a few pints and discussing their work, or any art that they found interesting at the moment. One night, after a few more pints than usual, something sparked Bauer's memory about the article he'd read in Australia, and he told Chorley about the UFO nests. He joked around, saying it'd be funny to go make a circle of their own. He thought perhaps people would think a UFO had landed, and if so, it would give them both a big laugh. Besides, once word got around and they were able to come out as the artists, they might get some publicity for upcoming projects. According to Bauer and Chorley, that's how it all started. Imagine it, two older men drunk in a pub on a Friday night looking for a bit of fun the humble beginnings of a global phenomenon. The following day, they went out into a cornfield with a crude tool they'd made from a two-by-four and some rope. It allowed them to press the corn down with their feet in uniform, even strokes. They made their first crop circle under the cover of darkness, emboldened by a few pints. Then they waited. But the response wasn't exactly what they'd been hoping for. In fact, it was non-existent. It seemed like nobody but the farmer himself saw their work. They tried again the following week and the week after that. For months upon months, they created circles almost every week without so much as a blip on the news. The creations were quickly mowed over and flat out ignored. Of course, part of the problem was that they were creating crop circles in places where nobody could see them. Bauer knew the holy grail of locations was a grassy knoll called the Devil's Punch Bowl at Cheesefoot Head, which, you'll just have to trust, are real places in southern England. The only problem was that the Punch Bowl was a feeding area for sheep and not ideal for crop circle artistry. But two years after their first crop circle creation, Bauer was driving by the Punch Bowl while running errands and noticed it had been turned to farming land for corn. He was thrilled. He called Chorley immediately and let him know that finally there was a place for a crop circle that would attract the attention they had been angling for. This crop circle did garner some attention and gave the two men the validation they needed to keep designing circles. They spent the next five years creating larger, more visible crop circles that built a cult following wherever they appeared. During this time, the crop circles only ever appeared Saturday mornings, a fact that a local reporter even joked about. This, of course, was because Chorley and Bauer were only able to steal away from home on Friday nights. 
But seven years after their first crop circle, Bauer's wife finally confronted him about the miles he'd been putting on the car. She demanded to know where he'd been going on Friday nights. He said that he and Chorley had been driving around the English countryside, but that explanation didn't satisfy her. Cornered, Bauer showed his wife an album he'd been keeping of the crop circle designs and newspaper clippings from each of their creations. She laughed, aghast to discover that her husband had been the one creating these crop circles all over southern England for nearly a decade. To the delight of crop circle fans everywhere, Chorley and Bauer's wives thought their prank was hilarious and gave them free reign to leave on weeknights as well. Suddenly, around 1985, crop circle production increased exponentially, with circles popping up all over the countryside on all days of the week. And with their newfound freedom, so began the rise in crop circles' popularity across southern England, leading to the pinnacle of their notoriety in the mid to late 80s. Their work created a global sensation. News outlets began to cover their work more closely, and the pair kept an eye on news coverage. As journalists interviewed so-called crop circle experts who presented new theories on how the crop circles were forming, Bauer and Shorley would adjust their designs just to mess with the public. The cult following of crop circles got intense. People sold art, made earrings and t-shirts. A whole culture popped up around the crop circles created by Bauer and Chorley. After 13 years of these weekly routines, the two began to wonder if it was time to quit. For one, their families were growing weary of the time the two men were away from home creating these crop circles. They were like two college boys sneaking out every night to pull pranks, and their families had had enough of the shenanigans. Second, those who created spiritual groups around the crop circles were growing in numbers, and the joke began to feel like it was wearing thin. As Bauer described it, quote, if you'd see people lying on their backs in the circle, joining hands and having a dance around, to me, that was incredibly funny when I first heard of it, end quote. But those who believed in crop circles were becoming more avid and aggressive in their beliefs. Some people and companies began turning profits on the naivete of those who believed the crop circles to be genuine. Bauer said, quote, We were aware of it after a while. Jewelry being made, wall hangings, tapestries, and the rest of it. I can't understand why it got so big, but I can see now that it's more or less uncontrollable, end quote. Finally, the men heard that the Queen of England herself had added a book on crop circles to her summer reading list and was rather excited to read it. She felt a certain pride in knowing that these otherworldly visitors had chosen southern England as their landing pad. That's when they knew they'd gone far enough. And so the two men came out of the crop circle closet. They published an article in today's newspaper confessing to the entire prank, knowing full well it would spark immediate backlash across the globe. Their story was incredibly detailed and accounted for most, if not all, of the crop circles across southern England. But many staunch believers claimed that their proof, namely a scrapbook of newspaper clippings, could have been easily manufactured, with a timeline constructed after the fact to support their story. When the article was published, it sparked mass controversy. According to Bauer and Chorley, 
This was part of the reason they decided to out themselves in the first place. Things were getting out of hand, but many believed them to be opportunists with no real connection to the crop circles, looking for 15 minutes of fame. Believers demanded proof. It wasn't enough for them to simply tell their story. Bauer and Chorley had to prove that they were capable of manufacturing these crop circles before their story could even be considered authentic. Seriologists often noted particular circles that were too complex for any human to produce in such detail. The general public was hesitant to believe Bauer and Chorley as well. Although it's always easier to believe something is a hoax, usually the simplest and most likely of explanations, we humans thrive on drama, mystery, and the exploration into the unknown. It's in our nature. Quite plainly, it's more exciting to keep the door open to possible alien contact. For some, that was the most heartbreaking part of this hoax. Bauer and Chorley had given people something to believe in, a little mystery to add spice to life. Then they pulled the rug out from under them. And unfortunately for those still holding out hope, Bauer and Chorley were prepared to prove their claims. The duo immediately offered to hold a demonstration of their craft in broad daylight. Our story will continue in a moment after the break. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. And now let's continue our story. In 1991, Doug Bauer and David Chorley had revealed themselves to be the hoaxers behind the crop circles popping up over the past 13 years and had even offered to provide a live demonstration of their handiwork, which worried many in the seriologist community. Should the stunt find success, they'd be proving on camera and in the eyes of the world that they were indeed the true architects, the otherworldly beings the visitors fantasized about for over a decade by the masses. Should it fail, they'd be labeled frauds, tossed aside by the public and soon forgotten. If they really were the crop circle architects, their years of effort would have been in vain. They both were fully confident that they could expose one of the greatest cons in the history of the modern world. But we still have to ask, how would a single demonstration prove their ability to create all of those formations, over 200 by their own account, using nothing more than a wooden plank and some rope? That would be a remarkable feat, so much so that it became the rallying cry of those trying to disprove Bauer and Chorley's claims. To them, it's impossible that just two men could have created every circle, especially when you consider the evolution of crop circles over time. They'd grown extremely intricate throughout the years. When crop circles first started appearing in the 1960s, 
They were simple, no larger than 60 or 70 feet across, and with no unique design elements. They wouldn't have necessarily been hard to manufacture. However, over time, we've seen a drastic change in the way crop circles have been formed. For one thing, they grew exponentially larger in size and more complex in both design and execution. What started out as simple circles has transformed into hundreds of geometric shapes, coming together to form impossibly intricate designs. Looking at the level of detail, the presence of alien intervention is the only explanation that seems feasible. In addition to the designs becoming more intricate, the number of crop circles multiplied tenfold over the course of the 70s and 80s. By the mid-1980s, the number of circles had risen from a few dozen a year in southern England to hundreds of appearances all over the world. All this to say, even if these two men were responsible for every crop circle in southern England, they certainly weren't responsible for the ones popping up overseas. Bauer provided an explanation for that, however. He theorizes that as the popularity of crop circles grew, people came to tour them and fell in love with the idea of them. After returning to their home country, they would decide to pull a similar prank and make crop circles of their own. Bauer theorizes that there are other crop circle artists all over the world, making crop circles under the cover of darkness and keeping their pranks secret so as not to ruin the fun. But without a demonstration, nobody was ready to believe their claims. The media welcomed such a showdown, and they set a date. For Bauer and Chorley, this was the fun part. On September 10, 1991, Bauer and Chorley stepped out into a cornfield surrounded by cameras. Journalists and photographers from various media outlets wrote feverishly as the two men got to work, creating one of their intricate crop circle designs. It was slow going, to say the least. The two men worked for just over three hours to slowly piece together this circle. Many at the scene were skeptical. It seemed impossible that two men in their late 60s would have the energy and endurance needed to create these intricate designs week after week. When Bauer and Chorley finished their crop circle, it was an exact replica of the circles that had been popping up all over the countryside, full of sharp edges and intricate geometric patterns. But the media wasn't fully satisfied. To them, they needed one further stamp of approval to make this crop circle authentic. They elicited the help of a man named Pat Delgado, a self-proclaimed seriologist and arguably one of Bauer and Chorley's biggest critics. His was a simple job, to verify the crop circle as authentic. Delgado wasn't informed ahead of time that the crop circle had just been created earlier that morning. He was under the impression that it had appeared in the dead of night, the same as all the others. Whether Delgado found the circle to be authentic or not, someone was going home a fool. We're not sure which reporter set up this little hijinks, but it was pretty wicked. Mr. Delgado arrived not long after the circle was finished. He was instructed to do his tests and report his conclusions to the media outlet that hired him. He quickly deemed the circle to be legitimate. Little did he know that he had just sealed his own fate. Footage of the demonstration went far and wide along with Mr. Delgado's unfortunate signature of approval. 
the truth, so it seemed, had been revealed to the masses. How was the public going to react? There was a fandom to consider. Researchers, scientists, spiritual groups, a lot of people had a stake in the mystery surrounding crop circles. The question for many became, do we believe these pranksters and move on? For some, the answer was yes. But for others, Chorley and Bauer had challenged everything they believed in, and now was the time to double down. What followed the demonstration could be described as a crop circle schism. On one hand, you have the true believers in extraterrestrial contact, those who saw Bauer and Chorley as the hoax, not the other way around. They truly believed in extraterrestrial life and saw crop circles as a means of contact with our otherworldly visitors. And on the other hand, you had groups of artists sprouting up all over the world, knighted with picking up where Bauer and Chorley left off. They continued to develop the art form, creating increasingly intricate designs, seeing their work as a badge of honor. According to John Lundberg, a graphic and web designer and self-identified circle maker, Doug and Dave are, quote, the greatest artists of the 20th century. Their work has the earmarks of all new art forms, pushing boundaries, opening new doors, and working outside of established mediums, end quote. The circle makers, as they call themselves, consider their practice an art, and they estimate that there are about three or four dedicated crop circle art groups working out of the UK today. Interestingly, one organization also does commercial work for global clients such as the History Channel, who pays them to produce new circles for B-roll footage as needed. They have been much more firmly in the spotlight since the group's inception. Crop Circles Online. This is Dave Ross with Chip Talk. Now that Mel Gibson has made Crop Circles the rage again, here's your chance to astound your friends by predicting their appearance, because you can tap into the intelligence that creates them. The aliens have a website. I started making Crop Circles um, primarily as an experiment, really. It's at www.circlemakers.org. At this site, you can get plans for upcoming Crop Circles and even hear the aliens in action. We're driving towards our parking place now. Of course, they sound a lot like humans, because they are. There are people like Rod Dickinson, who, working in the dark, can in a few hours use ropes and boards to make elaborate patterns in farmers' wheat fields. The circles that we put down. Dickinson and his colleagues don't claim that all crop circles are earthly, just that theirs are. Every circle maker that I know has experienced something strange. If the aliens are using flying saucers, they ought to consider saving their energy nodules and just hiring the circle makers. www.circlemakers.org or get a link at chiptalk.com. This is Dave Ross. In early July 2009, the circle makers created a giant crop formation, 140 feet in diameter. To achieve their grand design, the group works under cover of night, and every member of the group is involved in designing and planning each piece of work. Ideating the original concept and carrying it through to a fully realized final product can take up to a week's worth of time. For most involved, this is a hobby, like any other artistic aspiration. Many get involved with these groups to be part of a close-knit community, oftentimes finding lifelong friends in the process. For John Lundberg and others in the Circle Makers, the integrity of their art, quote, has to be more than a pretty picture. You have to have construction diagrams providing the measurements, marking the center, and so on, end quote. 
It's a team effort and a one-of-a-kind bonding experience. Achieving the complexity and scale of the crop circles we see today is a Herculean task that requires excellent coordination and communication between a team of artists. For Lundberg, the whole experience takes advantage of some remarkably low-tech equipment, namely surveyor's tape for measurements and a device called a stalk stomper, which is used to flatten the crop. The only sophisticated technology he employs is computer software, so he can design the crop circle beforehand and draft diagrams that are then printed and taken into the field. As crop circle artistry progresses, John Lundberg hopes that one theoretical piece of equipment will become a viable option, a mobile microwave. The crops have joints in their stalks that, when exposed to microwaves, undergo a process called superheating. This causes the stalk to heat up and the joints to expand. Eventually, they fall over and lay in a horizontal position. If creating crop circles by microwave were a viable option, it would save a lot of time and effort currently expended by using planks of wood. Which is a good thing, considering the rate at which crop circles are expanding. Over the past three decades, we've seen formations grow from rudimentary small circles into complex, monumental designs that depict elaborate pictograms and invoke nonlinear mathematical principles. In August 2000, Milk Hill in Wiltshire saw a crop circle containing 409 circles across 12 acres measuring more than 800 feet across. But at what point does making crop circles go too far? Surely some poor farmers and industries must foot the bill for the loss of crops and sales for this form of self-expression. Just like graffiti, crop circles are inherently a form of vandalism, and their worth is entirely in the eye of the beholder. Farmers like Tim Carson charge visitors to see his crop circle as a way to offset his losses, which can be as high as 1,000 pounds per crop circle. Between 1991 and 2011, Tim had to deal with 125 crop circles on his farm, averaging to just over six a year, that's 6,000 pounds, or 8,000 US dollars a year in additional damages, not counting natural crop loss. While Tim has found a way to recoup some of his costs, he still lost approximately 120,000 pounds due to damages over the course of a decade. As the damage caused to Tim Carson and other farmers in the Wiltshire area increased with the rising number of crop circles, police departments found themselves dealing with the aftermath of crop circles more and more often. In an interview, Doug Bauer claims that he and Chorley did their best not to make the crop circles so large that they would cause damage. He claims they were just having a bit of fun, not trying to hurt anyone's livelihood, and that while he's seen some of the larger ones that were made after they retired, it wasn't ever something they were interested in doing. To put this in perspective, Bauer and Chorley's circles might cost a farmer somewhere in the ballpark of 125 to 200 pounds per circle, significantly less than the average of 1,000 pounds that most circles incurred in the late 90s. There have been consequences for some crop circle makers, which, given the circumstances, is a good thing. While Bauer and Chorley managed to come out and share their secrets without any real consequences, a number of their followers or copycats have had a slightly more expensive outcome from their artwork. 
The first people to be charged with vandalism after creating crop circles were Hungarian teenagers Gabor Takács and Robert Dalos. In 1992, the two teenagers created a 104-foot crop circle just south of the Hungarian capital, Budapest. Proud of their work, they appeared on national television to show the nation how they made the circle. Unfortunately, this meant the landowners were able to identify the perpetrators. They quickly sued the pair for 630,000 Hungarian forint, equal to about 2,330 US dollars, for the damage done to their property. Despite this, the court concluded the majority of property damage was incurred by tourists visiting the property, trampling through crops around the circles while trying to get better vantage points or posing for pictures. As such, the teenagers walked away with a charge equivalent to 22 US dollars. In 2000, UK citizen Matthew Williams was also charged 100 pounds by magistrates after posting a video online proving it was possible for him to create a seven-pointed star. Even after his 100-pound charge, Williams continued his crusade of debunking the myth that aliens were the only ones capable of creating crop circles. He made a three-hour documentary that interviewed a number of experts who had in fact created their own circles. As of now, Matthew Williams is the only person to be charged for creating crop circles in the United Kingdom. But there are other ways that people have been threatened. For instance, Bauer and Chorley received two letters from a UFO crop circle believers group called Black Watch, telling them to stop making circles. Not much is known about this group, so much so that Bauer believes the group itself could be a hoax. He was never sure what to make of it. One letter read, quote, If you value your health and well-being, you will end your criminal activities in the fields of England now, end quote. Both letters ended with the same cryptic warning, quote, Do not take this warning lightly. We are many, end quote. One night in particular, a few years before they went public, Bauer had a scare when he found Chorley mysteriously knocked unconscious while the two of them were working on a circle in secret out in the field. When Chorley came to, the back of his head was covered in what he assumed to be blood. Bauer pleaded with Chorley to go back to the car and leave, but Chorley refused to leave before the crop circle was finished. When they finally returned to the car and looked under the light, all they could discern was a green sort of sludge dripping down the back of Chorley's head. At first, there was some concern that the Black Watch or perhaps the farmer's field workers had attacked Chorley. The following day, they got together and discussed what could have happened. There were no other tracks leading away from the area where the men were working, no sounds of other people. With no other explanation offered, they decided it must have been a freak occurrence, possibly some frozen discharge from a passing plane falling from the sky and striking Chorley. However, representatives from Heathrow International Airport have since stated there were no flight patterns or planes in the area to match the men's story. Maybe the sludge came from a UFO flying overhead. Probably not the first contact we were hoping for. That said, a more symbiotic friendship has developed between farmers and crop artists since the mid-2000s. 
Originally, the loss of income for the farmers had caused conflict, as we discussed earlier. However, as this brand of artwork developed, the farmers learned that they provide a canvas and potentially turn a profit. Peak season starts in April and carries all the way to the harvest in September. The height of the season, primarily still in southern England, takes place in June when wheat is still immature and rises back towards the sun, which gives a brushed-over look to the circles, making them seem more authentic. The whole ordeal has become a multi-million dollar industry that generates bus tours, helicopter tours, merchandise, and other ancillary markets. A farmer can collect 30,000 pounds, or about 47,000 U.S. dollars over the course of four weeks, charging for crop circle tours. If they were to harvest and sell the damaged crops for standard market value, they would make about 150 pounds, or 235 U.S. dollars in comparison. So, for my money, it would seem as though the case against crop circles is airtight. And yet, there are a lot of die-hard believers who still believe crop circles are proof of aliens visiting Earth. Who are they, and why do they still believe? The Smithsonian has a few theories on this one. Most people believe in some kind of hard-to-prove phenomena, like ghosts, angels, UFOs, alien visitations, or fairies. Because they have so little proof to back up their ideology, they tend to cling to these hoaxes and reject information that reveals pranks for what they are. Another theory presented is that many of the hoaxers actually create the evidence as a way to prove their own delusions. In some cases, circle makers accused of making certain designs will deny their own work, vehemently stating it was created by extraterrestrial beings. Though this is just a theory, it is acknowledged in the circle-making community that certain unofficial groups are, for lack of a better word, delusional, making this theory all the more possible. When it comes to the crop circles created in southern England and most of the western world, it really seems like an open and shut case. Chorley and Bauer and copycat groups are responsible. But there are those who believe some crop circles contain a unique binary code and are a gateway to technologies far more advanced from our own. If that's true, then it would be proof that Bauer and Chorley weren't the only artists leaving messages in the cornfields. Our story will continue in a moment after the break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And now let's continue the story. In direct opposition to the crop circle artist community 
are people who identify themselves as crappies, paranormal researchers and scientists who adamantly believe crop circles are a feat in engineering that is well beyond the scope and capacity of human efforts. Many crappies, when asked why they believe, simply say there's no other way, despite any evidence to the contrary. They themselves adhere to a number of theories as to how the crop circles are created. The most well-known one is that the crop circles are formed by alien spacecraft landing on Earth, leaving an imprinted circle in the crops as they do so. Other theories include the idea that they may be small black holes or energy signatures left by visiting aliens. Some even suggest they are stargate-like gateways to other planets. However, these are the type of theories that are easily written off, given the little to no tangible evidence to support them. Even so, the most common theory is that they're a form of simple communication from other interplanetary species, like a calling card from another world. While there's no specific evidence to point to any of these being the truth, crappies still believe that these are far more likely explanations than any Earthbound options. So much so that they've created their own science, seriology. In part one, we discussed seriologists, who named their study after the Roman goddess of vegetation, Ceres, for obvious reasons as this is where most crop circles appear. Like any branch of science, seriology exists on a spectrum. On one end, you have softer individuals who are willing to entertain that some, but not all, crop circles are made by humans. At the other end, you find a more militant mindset of extreme believers who scoff at the suggestion of human involvement. These believers particularly hate the likes of John Lundberg, whom we mentioned earlier when discussing his crop circle artist group, the Circle Makers. These dogmatic seriologists referred to John and his crop circle artist as Team Satan. They've gone so far as harassing the crop circle makers with hate mail, death threats, and attacks on personal property. Furthermore, John and his team have been labeled heretics by more zealous crappies because they believe the artists are simply hoaxers who are setting out to deliberately discredit their beliefs, creating art for the sole purpose of proving it's possible. Another portion of the crappies population takes things even further still. They genuinely believe the circle makers work on behalf of the government or even better, are alleged alien overlords, in order to throw the general public off from whatever they're hiding. Whether it be aliens, time travelers, or paranormal phenomena, these particular crappies believe something is hiding in plain sight and that our government is behind it. That's not to say that circle makers like John Lundberg don't believe in UFOs themselves. In fact, Lundberg believes that some crop circles could be supernatural. He's actually had his very own UFO sighting. While working on a crop circle in Wiltshire one night, he spotted a black, cigar-shaped object in the sky with bright flashing lights. In fact, he claims he's often seen balls of crackling light at the edge of fields while designing crop circles. Twice this has happened in the company of journalists. Lundberg claims one reporter was initially very skeptical until he saw a flash of light for himself. He says, quote, About halfway through making the formation, he came rushing up to me, shouting, Did you see that flash of light? He's a believer now. 
end quote. So here we have people who create crop circles still claiming to have had encounters with UFOs while they are out in the fields doing their work. It makes you wonder if extraterrestrials are watching people copy their work and like to reach out and say hello. One particular believer, Dr. Horace Drew, claims that his belief in crop circles as a communication device began when he was 10 years old and he saw a UFO. In Jacksonville, Florida, near his suburban home, Dr. Drew saw an unidentified silver craft hovering in the sky. It only lasted a few moments, but has led him to a lifelong obsession with UFOs and crop circles. Drew, a scientist from Caltech, has been researching UFOs and crop circles for over 20 years. He believes that while some crop circles may be man-made, many have legitimate puzzles that can be decoded, dealing with alien life and interstellar travel. He claims that at least one major breakthrough has occurred from studying a crop circle, a discovery of advanced binary code beyond what our computers currently use. Although the science community at large has been slow to back that assertion, nevertheless, he believes this was left for us either by aliens or human time travelers from the future. In an interview with Australia's news.com.au, he claims, quote, they are trying to introduce themselves to us peacefully, like we do using bubbles with dolphins, end quote. He goes on to explain that aliens would treat us the same way we treat dolphins, that they are ahead of us technologically and socially, and would be more inclined to study us than to negotiate a peace treaty. His other theory is that human time travelers are sending messages to themselves in the future, that the messages are not even intended for us, but as markers for the future that we can't understand, considering our knowledge of space-time physics isn't strong enough to yet. Drew has made a life of studying the phenomena and has collected a large amount of research in an attempt to prove his ideas, even working for the CSIRO, or Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization in Australia. Though his theories are not proven in the literal sense, his association with CSIRO means his work is being considered as a legitimate study worth looking into further. This time travel theory isn't a new theory either. Some crappies believe that the CIA came up with the time travel explanation in the early 90s and were attempting to track the various crop circles as they'd appear to see what they were trying to mark or communicate. Of course, there isn't any hard evidence to support the idea that crop circles are forms of communication. But as we've discussed, the inability to disprove these theories can be just as compelling for believers as hard evidence that would prove these theories true. Whatever you believe, crop circles do remain a fascinating and awe-inspiring form of art, human or otherworldly. People travel from all over the globe to view these phenomena. Some bask in the energy of the crop circles, believing them to have healing powers or mystical elements not yet discerned. Others merely appreciate the sheer level of workmanship put into creating something of this magnitude. The evidence does overwhelmingly support the idea that crop circles are a prank. But the mystery and excitement they've created have become part of a unique, weird tradition that's beloved all the same. 
Don't forget to subscribe to Unexplained Mysteries on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Spotify, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review or tell us what you think on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram as at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. It seems simple, but it really helps our show. A new episode comes out every Thursday. And remember, never take We Don't Know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Carly Madden. Unexplained Mysteries is written by Kyle Parks and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. 